tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Property owning Democrat. Be a success. If you have succeeded in denying Ghanaians their money, they have given you petra. And you force Ghanaians to surrender their money to you. Do you celebrate this as a success? Mm. I mean, Isaac Adongo, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, also to you, Dr. Stephen Amwa. Uh, both gentlemen will join me for a bigger conversation with more time to explore the many issues, including the president talking about how he spends the COVID funds that they, they got during the, the height of the pandemic, plus also accounting uh, for the issues surrounding the vaccine shortage. Um, and the fuel prices that the president believes will the prices will go down further and will lead to transport fares reductions. You want to join us on PM Express for that. Isaac Adongo and uh, Stephen Amma will join me. We'll also get uh, Professor Godfrey Bopper, who, by the way, will join me on Newsnight, which starts in a minute. One gunner, one Takeaways for dinner with the girls and be on time to pick up Sam and his mom from the hospital. Eesh, I must move that money into my savings account as well. Pay my old school union dues and my DSTV subscription. Ah, I promise I'll pick up some ice cream for Araba's birthday party. We know that life is go, go, go and that it's hard to make time for the things that really count. That's why with Absa's digital channels, you can bank when, where and how you want so you can focus on what or who is important to you. Get things done simply with our digital channels. That's Africanacity. That's Absa. Attention all cybersecurity leaders. Are you looking to stay ahead of the ever-evolving cybersecurity landscape and your management requirements? Then mark your calendars for the Chief Information Security Officer CISO Summit 2023, the premier event for top-level security professionals. Join us for two days of engaging discussions, expert insights, and networking opportunities with like-minded individuals and gain valuable knowledge to keep your organization safe and secure. The CISO 
summit is coming off on the 22nd and 23rd of March at the Labadi Beach Hotel. Theme, cybersecurity modernization with a threat-informed defense. Don't miss out on the chance to sharpen your skills and stay ahead of the curve. The rate is 3,000 Ghana cities regular and 2,500 Ghana cities for early bed until the 28th of February. Register at www.thecisosummit.com or call 0572-760-472 or 0558-588-407. Your journey to better protecting your organization's critical assets is at risk. Book your seats now. On Newsnight tonight, President Akufado declares government is taking emergency measures to procure childhood vaccines but falls short of specifying when the vaccines will arrive after months of nationwide shortage. Government has taken steps to ensure the stocks of these vaccines are procured and supplied as a matter of urgency and emergency. Plus, the president has been fighting back, dismissing claims COVID-19 funds were misused. It is important to show clearly that the COVID-19 funds were not misused. It is critical that we do not lose the confidence of the people that a crisis that they were led to believe we were all in together was abused for personal gain. Also tonight, push for Chief of Defence Staff to be held responsible for military rampage in Ashaiman as Defence Ministry apologises for the brutalities. We want to apologise for that. That, of course, we will apologise. But, my brother, we are not going to apologise for the oppressions. The appointor would have to sit the CDS down if there are some sanctions. Those sanctions must apply. Plus, we'll hear from the family of the slain soldier. You know, they suffered, we suffered for this boy before he entered the army. They just took some few, some few hours to finish the boy for us. I am told he kept shouting that he is not a thief, but they didn't leave him alone and no one helped him. Also tonight, the NDC directive to its MPs that is causing a stare in parliament as the ndc mps endorse the party's directive asking them not to absent themselves from parliament as they ready themselves for a crucial time in the house and the minority in parliament remains the last hope in that bastion of democracy and so we are going to sacrifice our campaigns i mark my words we are saying enemies in the in, on, on, in this chamber to make sure that nothing of nauseous will be allowed to pass through the house Business government target submission of Ghana's program request for army board approval by end of this month. But this is a change in timelines. We'll have business uh, for you later here on News Night. Also, tonight, a Cram Metropolitan Assembly says it is worried more households are without functional toilet facilities nearly six years after it made it compulsory. But to interest you for you to know that in 2022, it reduces from 89% to 77%. What happened? Is it that some people have turned their toilet facilities into a living room for rent or that is what we want to find out? And for those who are contemplating constructing their own toilet facilities, the EMA has some numbers for you to crunch on. 
So if you have five children in your house, including you six, and a day, everybody goes to toilet, one CD, 50, spending about 40, 40 CDs, 50 CDs yeah. a day, multiplied by a month, by a year. You see the amount of money. You can join with your views and comments, 55 Let me hear your own state of the nation. Uh, did the president meet your expectation? Did what he said today reflect your personal reality? 55 Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Things that the president has been talking about today has been a major crisis in the making for months. The nationwide shortage of childhood vaccines uh, that has put many babies at the risk of contracting many of these childhood killer diseases. Well, the president today, uh, after we heard from the uh, health minister yesterday, who was unable to give a specific timeline when the vaccines will arrive, addressing the parliamentarians on the floor today as he met that constitutional obligation to deliver a state of the nation. The president declared government is now taking emergency measures to procure the vaccines, but again fell short of specifying when the vaccines will arrive. Zipline, through the national scale drone delivery services, has delivered some 14.8 million units of life-saving medicals, vaccines, and blood products to health facilities in Ghana by the end of 2022. Childhood vaccines topped the list with the delivery of 8.3 million doses, followed by 2.05 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine. Mr. Speaker, I must say, however, that the current shortage of some childhood vaccines in the country has concerned me greatly. This shortage, if prolonged, will affect negatively Ghana's childhood immunization program, which has been recognized as one of the most successful in the world. The WHO has only recently expressed worry about a steady decline in measles vaccination coverage globally because of the concentration on the fight against COVID-19. In accordance with our desire not to become part of this global trend, Government has taken steps to ensure the stocks of these med vehicles va vaccines are procured and supplied as a matter of urgency and emergency. The Ghana Health Service has developed an elaborate program to catch up on children who have missed their vaccine immediately stocks arrive. Mr. Speaker, I want to encourage all parents and caregivers to ensure that eligible children are vaccinated once this program begins. No child should be denied access to vaccination. Mercifully so far, not a single child has died as a result of the outbreak. 
Well, as you know, uh, this has been a subject of some uh, great controversy. Uh, I want to bring in uh, Kwame Saponasedu, is a uh, Democracy and Development Fellow with the Center for Democratic Development, responsible for health, and joins us on the telephone line right now. We'll speak to uh, Minta Kando, who is the ranking on the Health Committee in Parliament. Um, Kwame, thank you for your time here on, on, on Newsnight. And the president today finally also, you know, added his voice to this a raging crisis we've had from the uh, Director General of the Ghana Health Service. He says uh, the vaccines will be ready, uh, available in two weeks. Then the health minister comes and says in a few weeks. Today, the commander-in-chief himself says we are now uh, procuring the vaccines under uh, emergency measures. Your reaction? Thank you and good evening. Um, my reaction is scandalized very scandalized and i am because wind of these shortages didn't start yesterday there's been months in coming there's been anecdotal evidence of these shortages and if you look critically it seems as though we've become a firefighting country we box ourselves into a corner and then everyone goes into that corner to douse the fire. The president, who is the highest officer of the land, came to speak in a house of records, but was never able to give a clear timeline. What does that tell anybody? We don't know. It's as simple as that. We don't know when the vaccines are arriving. Because... The health minister told us that the director general of Ghana Health Service is two weeks. We are almost getting to the two-week timeline from when he spoke. The health minister comes and says weeks, and the president comes and is blank. We do not have an idea. So we need to start unpicking why don't we have an idea? Because there isn't a global shortage of any of these vaccines. I want to put that on record. There isn't a shortage. Yes, there's a downturn in the uptake of measles vaccines and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean there is a supply glout. There isn't. The problem is that we haven't gone in on time. Why? I don't know. And I say why I don't know because we have a historical extended program of immunization that is acclaimed. So we seem to have always gotten it right when it comes to procurement of these vaccines. So why this time? Is it financial? My suspicion is it is. Because if you remember, the Director General of Ghana Health Service had said that the issue was to do with exchange rate fluctuation. Has that ceased to be the case? I don't know. The other thing that concerns me is that is it the case that they cannot give a clear timeline because this is also piggybacked on the IMF program and we need dollar inflows to be able to pay for the stocks. I mean, the, I pre don't know. the president didn't give specifics about the funding gap if there is any. However, yesterday the, the health minister was clear that they have made payments and they've made it on time as they received it from the National Health Insurance Authority. Yes, but by Evans, therein lies the problem. If you look at what the health minister said, 
Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC The payments went in bits and pieces And you have to realize that Anytime we pay Because these vaccines Are priced in dollars We have to go with the exchange rate off the CD to the dollar, so we end up paying more CDs for less dollars and therefore less stock of, um, of vaccines received. Does that not tell you that the budgeted amount of vaccines we intended to buy, if we got our forecast right, cannot be bought, and therefore we have a shortfall anyway based on the fact that the money in our budget is not enough because of exchange rate um, depreciation, that is something that we all need to unpick. And that is why I'm saying that we need to come clean and try and understand why this has happened to us and find a way of preventing it from happening again. Well, another key issue uh, still related to vaccines and other virus is the covid 19 uh, funds that we got and how we expended it. I know you've been very critical uh, on the wake of the Auditor General's revelations. Today, the President in the State of the Nation address addressed that too. I want to listen to what he said about how the funds were used at, at the height of the pandemic. The economic consequences from the pandemic have been devastating. Mr. Speaker, it is precisely because the economic fallout from the pandemic is so widespread and long-lasting that it is important to show clearly that the COVID-19 funds, COVID funds were not misused. It is critical that we do not lose the confidence of the people that a crisis that they were led to believe we were all in together was abused for personal gain. Mr. Speaker, it was government that asked for the COVID funds to be audited. And I can assure this House that nothing dishonorable was done with the COVID funds. The responses, the responses from the Ministers for Health and Finance on January 23rd and 25th 2023 respectfully have sufficiently laid to rest the queries from the Auditor General's report and I believe any objective scrutiny of these statements from the health and finance ministries would justify this conclusion. Come on, Sir your reaction to that? <laughs> isn't that laughable? I'll tell you why it's laughable. So, is it trying to tell us that when the Auditor General was doing the audit, the third Minister of Finance and the third Minister of Health were not given an opportunity or their ensigns and acolytes were not given the opportunity to respond and that the Auditor General wrote a report unilaterally and put it out only for them to issue statements that we have to single-handedly be believe. Is that what we are being made to believe as a democracy? Where the Auditor General is the only one mandated to independently audit public funds and tell us whether they've been used prudently or not. When that has happened, 
it has to go to the public accounts committee who have to sit and review these things. Has that happened? The president is even pronouncing judgment before the public accounts committee has sat. This is someone who was a former member of parliament who knows the ropes of the game. Yeah. Clearly, but, he, but, he's, but, right but, but the monies were spent uh, under his authority, uh, and he, he has a right to state his innocence, even before the adjudicating body, which is the Public Accounts Committee, looks into the matter. No, he has the right to state his innocence, granted, but when the Auditor General has spoken, when there are processes that allow you to exonerate yourself, isn't it prudent that you allow the processes to be exhausted as a believer in our constitutional democracy? If we all had the right to exonerate ourselves, would that not lead to lawlessness? If, if a matter is be, why is it that when a matter is before a court, for example, they say that you don't con um, comment on the substantive matter lest you may be in contempt of court. How can the president be clearing people, even before the Public Accounts Committee, when serious, egregious facts are in the Auditor General's report that have to be perused by the Public Accounts Committee? And don't let us forget, there is then a parallel investigation by Parliament into how these monies were spent because they are setting monies that were not audited by the Auditor General. How can the President come and tell us that by his mouth and his unilateral fiat, nothing went amiss? Why, why do we do this to ourselves? Sometimes I ask myself, why do we do this to ourselves? Why have we become a country where we just want to Brush everything under the carpet. And we always want to firefight and behave as though nothing goes wrong and that this government has all squeaky clean operators. Nobody is in there that actually does anything wrong. Thank you very much. Uh, he is the health lead uh, with the Center for Democratic Development, uh, responsible for democracy and development. He's a development and uh, democracy fellow, uh, responsible for health at the CDD. Uh, thanks for your thoughts there on, on the subject. And as uh, you may have noticed, the, the president uh, began his State of the Nation by uh, indicating that he will focus almost exclusively on the economy because of the current economic crisis the country is in and the uh, ambition to get a an IMF executive board approval by the end of this particular month. And he was very confident that Ghana will get that um, executive board approval by, by the end of this month, but also detailed that they, they are making progress now and that the Chinese are now cooperating and also uh, very happy with the domestic debt exchange. I want to quickly bring in, you've had the two political parties debate this on Top Story. Let's get an independent view on what the president said today uh, pretty quickly. I want to bring in uh, Professor Goffred Bokwing, uh, who is uh, joining us right now on the telephone line. Prof, I'm grateful that you could join us on, on Newsnight. And uh, Prof, by the way, 
is an economist and professor of finance with the University of Ghana. Prof, you, you may have paid attention to the president. I hope you did. And give me your verdict on his, uh, his economic assessment. Yes, he agrees. We are in a crisis. Yes, he agrees. He's borrowed quite heavily, but he says he didn't borrow recklessly. He was also confident that the IMF deal will be will be will be closed by the end of this particular month. Your reaction? Yeah. Thank you very much, Evans, and good evening to our cherished listeners. Well, yes, um, of course, we also agree with the president that we are in the economic crisis. If there's a word beyond crisis, would have used that to describe Ghana. So we are we are with him on that same page. We are with him on the page that we needed an IMF program. Remember, we made this call much earlier. It was a failure of government to act proactively. And the optimal time for the president to have made the call to the IMF was the third quarter of 2021, when the market kicked us out of the, of the euro bond market when we're looking for funding in the third quarter of 2021. It was a delay of government. It, and, and essentially a reflection of pride and lack of appreciation of the reality on the ground that has brought us here. And let's put on record, whilst we agree with the president that we are in economic mess, we disagree with the president on what has brought us here. And this is where Ghana's immaturity shows up again. After 66 years of independence, we are unable to admit wrongdoing and own up as responsible adults who are capable of managing our own country. And that is unfortunate. It's not only this government. You, if you look at the narrative from 1992 across the two major political parties, it, has, it is as good, the marking scheme is blame it on others. Don't admit wrongdoing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you're referring to the time he spent detailing why the crisis is because of the Ukraine and the, the pandemic. And he spent quite a bit of time detailing this. But isn't it factual that Ukraine and the pandemic had an impact on the economy? Nobody can run away from that. And that's actually, and if you highlight that so much, that is a poor diagnosis of the current drivers of the crisis. It's as, it's as though you are majoring on the minor. And the reason we are saying, we are saying is that the, the Russia-Ukraine is a global issue. The impact is pervasive. Uh, COVID-19 is a pandemic. The impact is pervasive. But you also see marginality in, the, in, in, the, in how countries were affected by these two uh, or these twin developments. It is in the level of the marginality that you are able to see differences in the resilience of one economy compared to the other economy. So it takes, it takes shocks of this global proportion to reveal local vulnerabilities. So that you see economies that are sustained by words and propaganda and the ones that are real on the ground. So when pandemics of this nature strike, that is where you see countries that have pursued good and sound policies over the years underpinning the resilience of the economy and the other countries that have been a bit symbolic and more sustained the economy through propaganda. We all agree with the president that the economic fundamentals were relatively better from 2017-2018 up to essentially towards the end of the IMF program and all of that. So, and if you look at the period within which these fundamentals started improving, we were under the guidance and supervision and the direction of the IMF. 
when we exited the IMF program April 2019 effectively and with all the issues resolved around it towards the end of the year, then COVID struck. Guess what? Ghana, unlike many other countries, decided to monetize the virus. Ghana took advantage of the virus to mess up. In the name of COVID, we overspent, actually, trying to win over electorate in 2020 election. Evans, if you look at the data in terms of fiscal slippages in 2020, Ghana's own stands out, even in comparison to our original peers, our structural peers, and our aspirational peers. Whilst Cote d'Ivoire and the others were running deficit in the same COVID year of less than 10%, far less than 10%, Ghana did in excess of 15%. How do you explain this? Mm. Let me ask you, Prof, finally. This was supposed to be the state of the nation. Did the president's you know, recounting of the state of this nation, did it reflect the reality? What's your verdict on that? It didn't. It didn't. What you see and the excessive time the president gave to uh, blaming Russia, Ukraine and COVID for all that has happened is that it's coming across to me that the the president is getting the pressure. And even though in the last couple of months, they have used every available means to sell a storyline to Ghanaians that they were not at fault. It was Russia, Ukraine, and COVID. That story is not sinking in. It's as simple as that. So let's move on. Um, Prof, I'm grateful that you joined us. Uh, just because of time, we have to wrap it up here. And Prof will join me on, on PM Express as well as we get into the heart of some of the things that were said. There's a lot that we need to unpack for you tonight at 9 p.m. So please join us then. So listen to News Nights on Joy 99.7 FM. And I want to take you to Ashaiman where uh, there has been uh, widespread condemnation of the military's invasion of of that township, a suburb of the Greater Accra region, where a 184 suspects uh, have been picked up by the military police um, following the killing of a 21-year-old soldier, Sharif Imoro. Now, the Ministry of Defence is tonight apologising uh, for the brutalities uh, meted out to the civilians in Ashaiman. Uh, we will hear from the Deputy Defence Minister shortly, but my colleague Kojo Braze has been spending some time in Ashaiman and came through with this report. In multiple viral videos, soldiers are seen beating some persons said to be resident of Ashaiman. In one of such videos, five persons are lying in a pool of water. A soldier with a gun hanging around his waist wields a stick and walks around them. One of the persons in the water attempts to rise up and is immediately hit with a stick. Two others who also try to stand up receive beating as well. At a Shaiman official town, I meet some residents who say they were picked up from their homes and beating. I was just indoor when a lady in my house shouted, Obin Jimmy. So we came out, tried to find out what is happening. So immediately we came out, gun is being pointed at us. And they asked us to lie down. So as in the process of lying down, they start hitting us with wire, wood log and metallics and stuff. From there they march us from the house to the street, to sleep on the street to row. Before I knew there was a military man standing there. And when I saw these people were lying on the day, then they said I should come. So the time he knocked the door, he go and I showed that you know see her. So then he said I should come. 
So they say, what am I doing here? So I am working here. I'm working with this company. And they did not even allow me to say anything. They started beating us, oh, beat us, let us rule on the ground from the house. Then they, they brought us here, three of us. Well, that's uh, uh, a report there filed by my colleague Kojo Brace. Well, the Deputy Defence Minister uh, has been apologising for the excesses. I've been speaking uh, to him on PM Express. Listen to uh, Kofi Amankwamenu. I think that it is only proper that we admit when there are excesses and in operations of this nature, you may get one or two people who may uh, get carried away. And so, uh, I mean, if, if uh, decent, innocent residents of uh, Ashaman were caught up in this and this and these uh, oppressions, I, in my capacity as a deputy defense minister, will want to apologize for that. That, of course, we will apologize. But, my brother, we are not going to apologize for the oppressions. Okay, so we will apologize for the uh, deployment, but uh, we apologize for the excesses. The member of parliament who has been uh, uh, very upset about the situation has uh, already been pushing for a parliamentary probe into the matter. Ernest Nogbe uh, joins us on the telephone line right now. Mr. Nogbe, do you accept the apology? Well, uh, yeah, that's my colleague. Uh, uh, he, he is apologizing on his behalf, on his own behalf, in his capacity as a deputy minister, but not the government. What we are demanding is the apology from the government. But for him, uh, as a colleague, and I accept his apology uh, at, this, at this time, but not that of the... I'm not sure he will he, he apologizing on behalf of the government. Yeah, but as he says, hey, my capacity is a deputy minister. As a deputy minister, he, he acts uh, in, in an authority when, when the president. When you listen to him carefully and listen to his statement, he said in his capacity as a deputy minister, he would apologize, but the government would not. If you read the statement carefully, you you will see that. And so I'm not sure he's apologizing on behalf of the guy. Even right now on your on your on your on your station, he said it, that for that. He will apologize that the government will not apologize for anything. Let me ask you, yesterday you were looking for 72 at that time of the people who have been picked up. We now know the number is significantly more. Have you found them? Where are they? The military says... Uh, yeah, they, 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 are, they are... Yesterday I, I made frantic efforts to get to get them. So I went to Bermakap and I was able to, uh, I mean, uh, speak to the officers there. Uh, as at yesterday till this morning, uh, they released some of them, and uh, this afternoon when I went there again, I was told a uh, total of uh, 150 uh, of them were released, and we are left with about 30 there. And uh, according to them, they found some, uh, I mean, some narcotics on some of them, so they are still doing further screening, and, and, and that is where we are now. As I speak with you, I'm at a meeting with the whole community. I've gathered them at one place, talking to them to remain calm, whilst we, the leaders, take charge of what has happened to them yesterday. And nobody should take the law into his or her own hands. And the leaders in the community, myself, uh, we are working on it, and we are championing uh, for, for, for their rights to be restored. Have you, do they have access to a lawyer? Have you found a lawyer for them? Yes, I, I found a lawyer. We have, we have lawyers, I mean, so many lawyers who volunteer to, uh, I mean, uh, champion their case for them. And so tomorrow we are going to uh, hold a press conference, a strong-worded press conference, demanding for certain compensations for them, after which we'll give ultimatum, after which we're going to proceed to uh, shrug if that compensation 
uh, package did not work, we will proceed to strike and even to the law court. And we are going to explore all other avenues for them to be compensated. Thank you very much, Ennis Nogba. He's a member of parliament for Ashaiman there. Uh, let's bring in law lecturer, the University of Ghana School of Law, Professor Kweja PJ Etia, who has written extensively about this uh, today. He joins us on the line. Prof, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you for having me. So, um, what, what happened yesterday? Do these individuals have any right to redress and have there been any uh, violation of our constitutional laws? Yes, certainly there have been serious violations of the constitution. Article 5 of our constitution clearly spells out the fundamental rights and freedoms that we enjoy as citizens and even for residents who live in the country. And it places a duty on the state, all the organs of the state, the executive, the judiciary, and then the legislature. And the other um, and ministries and departments and so on, that they have a responsibility to uphold the rights that are guaranteed in the Constitution. And beyond that, all the international human rights treaties that we are parties to also place a responsibility on the government to protect the rights of the people. A number of violations have taken place. We're talking about uh, the fact that you are supposed to be presumed innocent and to proving guilty by brutalizing those people which is quite unprofessional and barbaric, it violates their right to that freedom, that you are presumed innocent until proven guilty. Secondly, the, the use of swoops to arrest um, people who are alleged to have committed offenses has long gone away in um, practices by police officers or police services, says in various countries which relies on intelligence guarding operations, which rely on community policing, democratic policing. And these are exactly the opposite of what the military did. So you talk about the right to protect the dignity of the human person, allowing people to wallow in water and some in gutters and so on. It's just a um, serious act of savagery and unprofessionalism on the part of the military. What redress do these people have, though? The redress that people have is to collect, uh, we are trying to collect information for people to go to SRAS. SRAS has a stake in this. And SRAS should have taken this matter on its own, but for the fact that it has been stopped from doing so. So a case has to be made to SRAS, and SRAS will investigate. That is one avenue. The other venue is the law courts. We have a human rights court, which is another venue that those who have been victimized and brutalized can go to to seek redress for the violations. It is not enough for the minister to just issue uh, that kind of apology, which is insensitive. And in fact, uh, a reckless form of apology and to say that the things should be as it is because the, the police com- uh, the military command has the power to conduct that soup. So, it is important that compensation becomes a very important issue. And it's all not, not only that. People who have been traumatized, they need to have psychological counseling to have the assurance that such barbarity will not be perpetrated on them. And it is important that they, they recognize that they, are not, they have not done anything wrong. It is the police that has um, been pre- prevented from doing its job. It is the military that has 
usurp the powers of the police. And this has resulted in the situation we are in today. So some form of psychological counseling is also critical for mm. to be given to these people who have been victims of this uh, Thank you very much, Prof. Professor Kujua PJ, is the law lecturer at the University of Ghana School of Law. And in the last uh, few minutes, the former president, John Mahama, has issued a statement on this. What is he saying? Well, he says he understands how such deaths affect um, the military by his advising um, the military to exercise restraints in this and allow due process um, to take its course. He says that it's important for us to douse the inflammatory um, conditions that have been set right now in a Sherman for the military and the people of Sherman to live in harmony. Muscle, thank you very much. After business, the NDC directive causing a stare in Parliament as uh, NDC MPs endorse the party's order asking them not to absent themselves from Parliament as they ready themselves for a crucial time in the House. Parliament remains the last hope in that bastion of democracy. And so we are going to sacrifice our campaigns. I mark my words. We are saying enemies in, the, in, on, on, in this chamber to make sure that nothing of nauseous will be allowed to pass through the House. And then later, Akram Metropolitan Assembly says it is worried more households are without toilets nearly six years after he made, he made it compulsory. But to interest you, for you to know that in 2022, it reduces from 89% to 77%. What happened? Is it that some people have turned their toilet facilities into a living room for rent or what? That is what we want to find out. And if you're contemplating constructing a toilet in your house, the AMA has some numbers for you to crunch on. So if you have five children in your house, including your six, and a day, everybody goes to toilet, one city, 50, spending about 40 cities, 50 cities a day, multiplied by a month, by a year. You see the amount of money. Cash. And the man who talks about cash, <laughs> George, your face here, George, the business of <laughs> toilets. You know, you know. Interestingly, when there's a new political, uh, new government takes over, the whole issue about these uh, KVIPs and takeover, it's a big issue. Oh my God! You and just reminded me of something. The time was when presidents used to commission KVIPs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big deal. You know, and uh, hip benefits. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's interesting. So, I mean, how can you? put together or build a house and there is no private place of mm. convenience. You know? oh, yeah, please, you have to be careful because where I live <laughs> and I come from Anadabraka, it was a norm. Five penna. Yeah. <laughs> What's in the headline? Well, coming up, government targets submission of Ghana's program request for IMF approval by end of month. Man, but is this a change in timelines? Well, Talu Oil returns to anyways as profits riches over $1 billion ending December last year. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Allianz Life and Ghana Pay. Um, cool. Hey, see the plenty money you are carrying this early morning. Adey. Mm, Charlie, he'll you say more. he you do what? As for you, you wait and listen to all the information before you start carrying money up and down like we are in 1995. The he you there, it has come. But you know, MTN will always find a way to sort you out. Ah, sort me out, Jesse. Oh, so you don't know that when you transfer money between your personal accounts, cash in and cash out at agent points, buy airtime or data, pay bills, receive remittance from abroad, or even pay taxes, there are no e charges? Hey, we are sure. Listen, there are a number of transactions you can perform with your MTM Momo that are not affected by the e-levy tax rule. Hmm. And there's even more, cra. Remember your first 100 Ghana City transfer for the day is free too. Hey, now me anymore. <laughs> now, dear, you know. 
There are a number of transactions you can perform with your MTN Mumu that are not affected by the e-levy tax. So keep enjoying the security and convenience with MTN Mumu and make payments on the go with MTN Mumu. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Seguimos Having reached a staff-level agreement on 12 December 2022, after five months of intense negotiation and completion of most of the prior actions required under the agreement, we are on course for the IMF staff to present to the IMF Executive Board Ghana's program request for a $3 billion extended credit facility by the end of this month. Mr. Speaker, the three-year IMF program Anchored on government's post-COVID-19 program for economic growth. Eight aims at restoring macroeconomic stability and debt sustainability whilst protecting the vulnerable. It is a strong reform program which relies on front-loaded fiscal measures to increase domestic resource mobilization. The president also announced that government will soon roll out some fresh policy measures that would help boost local production and help cut the country's imports. Meanwhile, economist uh, Dr. Presla Chumisibafwa believes that the international creditors will come on board to ensure the country secures the IMF program on time. Um, the elephant in the room has been um, what would be the Chinese position because mm. um, significantly they own a chunk of our external debts. And so it is important um, that we are able to um, get some sort of commitment for our external debtors to come out with a statement to support us so that the government, the country, gets on board an IMF program. And within this, um, the president also acknowledges that indeed. Um, fiscal um, reforms and structural um, reforms are not enough. And then when you look at it, you can tell that that is why he's also pushing for 
um, essentially the passage of these tax bills mm. to be able to increase our revenue mobilization in the country. But for me, I think that what was missing in the president's speech, um, which he indicated, it, it, it's sort of an admission of the fact that yes, government also needs to take some responsibility with regards to where the nation is at at the moment. And I don't think I found that in the speech overall. Economist uh, Dr. Presla Chumisi Bafo. The Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana is expected to hold his second meeting for this year to review the health of the economy from March 22 to 24th of this year. Now, the meetings will conclude the press conference that is on March 27 to announce the decision of the Monetary Policy Committee. Now, some will say that some of the issues that will dominate the discussions will be whether extra measures again should be taken to help stabilize the Ghana city and also what should be done on the banking front to support the commercial banks in the country that have been hit badly by the domestic debt exchange program. Two other stories, Entalo ended last year posting some significant growth in its profits. Now, this might be described as returning to winning ways after posting a loss in 2021. There's more in this report. The statement showed that profit before tax reached a little over $1 billion ending December last year. This was up from the $647 million posted in 2021. A careful examination of the report also showed that the oil exploration firm has returned to posting profits. This is because ending December 2022, profits after tax stood at $49 million coming from the over $80 million loss posted in 2021. Revenue, on the other hand, stood at $1.7 billion, up from the $1.2 billion recorded in 2021. Talo Oil also spoke about some significant progress made on drillings on the Jubilee oil field, as well as the 10 fields. The oil exploration firm also announced that it has made some significant progress on time taking process crude oil on the Jubilee oil field. Aptalo Oil is also targeting average production to reach over 100,000 barrels per day, with four new wells expected to come on board before end of year. Uh, that is a business tax report. Now, the Ghana Stock Exchange says it is hoping to see more women-owned businesses invest in its gender bond to help grow, that is, the underserved women-led businesses in the country. According to the managing director of the Ghana Stock Exchange, Abnamwa, the exchange is ready to help women, especially in the small and medium-sized sector, to raise capital and expand their businesses. Now, speaking to Joy Business as an event to mark the International Women's Day, Abuamua appealed to businesswomen to consider investing the various bonds on the local market. Top of mind for us is that we want to see green bonds of gender bonds. Gender bonds will be capital that is raised to invest in either a largely female-owned and run business or a business that is serving 
the needs of this underserved sector. Anything doing things that will promote more gender uh, inclusion. So the market is ready and we are calling on issuers to come and issue these products. We want more women-owned businesses to come to our market and raise capital. We set up the Ghana Alternative Market in 2015 to help the SME sector. In Ghana, women dominate the ownership of many of these SME businesses. We want to have 100 GAX companies, many of them female-owned, female-run, on the GAX market, raising some capital to expand and grow their businesses. Abdamwa is the managing director of the Ghana Stock Exchange. Today, stock market, if you're an investor in shares of Guel today, you lost a Peswa and it's now worth one Ghana City 64 Pesos. That's all uh, for business on Newsnight and Evans. Indeed, celebrating all those wonderful women out there. We don't know what we could have done without them in terms yeah, of including, international. Uh, including uh, Professor Chumisi Bafour, who's excellent economist. And she makes the point about one of the things that she says the president did not say, which is the the government's own contribution yeah. uh, to dealing with the current economic mm. crisis. And you remember that the uh, German ambassador to Ghana yeah. had actually gone a step further to suggest that the yeah. government should cut the size. Yeah. Today, yeah. the president, during mm. the State of the Nation address, delivered, delivered this, this uh, sarcastic job. Mm. Today, we live in a country in which we enjoy complete freedom of expression, freedom of association, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion and political affiliation. Indeed, freedom of speech has now reached such heights that even members of the diplomatic corps feel able to join in our national discourse and pronounce on matters and pronounce on matters that will be problematic for Ghanaian diplomats in their countries of origin. President Akufuado on the floor of parliament there. Now, talking about the floor of parliament, the National Democratic Congress has tonight ordered all its sitting MPs to suspend immediately all campaigns in their constituencies. The party has also further ordered the sitting MPs uh, to attend all parliamentary sittings. In fact, even MPs who are currently out of the country have been ordered to return immediately. And MPs shall also undertake, uh, will not also undertake any travel uh, that will affect uh, his or her attendance in Parliament. And this is part of the party's fight against what they call the obnoxious constitutional instrument uh, that the Electoral Commission is seeking to lay before Parliament that will make the Ghana card the sole identity uh, document for registering to vote. Well, some of the NDC members of Parliament have been reacting to this in Parliament today. When we are on break, we can work in our constituencies. Currently, we have serious businesses on the floor. Uh, as a whip, I'm struggling to whip my colleagues to be in the chamber and to prosecute government business. Um, uh, the way to do it is to make uh, it, it uh, easier for colleagues to stay in the chamber. The party feel the way to do it is to stop some of the disturbances in their backyard so that they can fo- focus on the, the work here. And when we go on research, then we can all go back and do whatever is required. You are suspended campaigns. It appears there's something big that the party is expecting to happen on the floor. What big issues are coming up? No, not, not, nothing big. Uh, just to make sure that uh, uh, members of parliament as elected remain on the floor and do to do what is required of members of parliament. We call it what? Operation Save Democracy. Mm. Mm? So 
our democracy is under threat with uh, an electoral commission that is rogue, that has gone rogue, and an electoral commissioner who has become a thin god and thinks that she's the best thing to happen to Ghanaians since Ben's bread, and who thinks that she can run riots in this country and do whatever she wants because she has the blessings of, of a president who is really like a despot. But parliament remains the last bastion of democracy. And the minority in parliament remains the last hope in that bastion of democracy. And so we are going to sacrifice our campaigns as members of parliament for our re-election in our party. Mm. So that's Sam George there, and uh, he is a member of parliament for Ningo Pram. Pram. Earlier you had the uh, minority chief whip there. I want to bring in the deputy general secretary of the NDC, uh, Mustafa Bande, joins us on the line now. Uh, Mustafa, so is it right to assume that this order that uh, you've issued is solely because of the CI, the electoral commission is seeking to lay? Thank you very much, and Evans, good evening to your cherished listeners. I believe that one... The party have just placed Ghana above our internal activities. Um, Ghana's democracy is very important for us. Protecting fundamental respect for human rights is very important. To the NDC, a party that have laid and respected and also nurtured the democracy of this country. Evans, among other things, what to be more fundamental that you have a government that takes people's rights for granted. You have a president who decides that he speaks about rule of law and disrespects same. You speak about a president, you talk about a president who speaks about fundamental respect for human rights and disregard same. Evans, the Electoral Commission has a very simple civic responsibility for the people of Ghana. One, to ensure that Ghana undertakes free transparent and fair elections. In what state do you see a government in Kahoot with electoral commission to wreak the will of the people? Yeah, I mean, but out there's of no their evidence. fear there's no of evidence. lack of performance, there... out of their fear of failure to govern yeah, the country. Yeah, but most country. of all, there's no evidence that there's collusion and there's no evidence the, of the, potential There is a constitutional there collusion. There is a fundamental violation of the constitutional rights of citizens of Ghana. Evans, Article 45 of the Constitution is very clear. Article 35, 3 of the Constitution is very clear that the government of Ghana has to provide just access to, of public service to all citizens. Even as we speak, the offices of the National Identification Authority in the various districts is, are not working. As we speak, Ghanaians who have attained 18 years cannot have a Ghana card let alone the law requiring the EC to have conducted continuous registration to be able to capture people who have attained the age of 18 in line with Article 45E of the Constitution. In Parliament last week, the EC says that this will happen um, and once the monies have been released, which was confirmed on the floor as well. Let me ask you briefly for the because of time. Um, so this order, um, when does it elapse? When can the MPs get a free hand to travel and go and campaign? The, the, the order, the directive is very clear that as much as government will continue to sneak in illegal CIs and other deals in parliament, we will always place the interest of Ghanaians first. We are willing to postpone if we have to take our reorganization to be postponed. We are willing to do that. But for now, we are going to put lay ambush to wait for this government to ensure they don't pass the CI 
by making sure that members of parliament are in the house. Okay. Mustafa, I'm grateful that you joined us. He's a deputy general secretary of the NDC. Ms. Bow is here with sports. Hello, Ms. Bow. Yes, well, even uh, after Chelsea's uh, big win against Dortmund yesterday at the Stanford Bridge, tonight is the 10 of Paris Saint-Germain will be looking to overturn the 1-0 deficit. Uh, they suffered at the hands of Bayern Munich uh, some few weeks ago. So it's a big game coming up at 8 p.m. Full commentary is going to be here on Joy 99.7 FM. And already the lineups are out. And Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe are in the starting lineup for Paris Saint-Germain. Of course, Neymar is the one who will not be featuring after he picked up an injury, which is going to keep him off till the end of the season. So events, 8 p.m. Full commentary here. Bayern Munich versus PSG. Thank you very much, Ms. Bow. Time to join the Clean Ghana campaign train. And the Accra Metropolitan Assembly says it's worried. Many households still do not have toilets. Well, the Clean Ghana train stopped in Kolegona, where most households were found to be without toilets. Michael Ashali has more. When you visit public toilet, you pay how much? One CD. One CD, 50 pesos. So if you have 10 children in your room a day, how much are you spending? Over 40 cities. Mm -hmm. So if you are able to gather all these monies, eh, mm -hmm. and you get a toilet in this house, that money you use to go and pay at the public toilet, you use it to do another something. In this episode of the Joy Clean Ghana campaign, environmental health officers of the Accra Metropolitan Assembly inspect households in the Kole Gono community for clean toilet facilities. Do you have a toilet facility in this house? No, no, toilet today we don't have some. We have the public one. You have public toilet. Yeah. Do you know that public toilet is not for your house? But yes. We are so not what ready. we want you to do is, don't say you've not made ready. As for the toilet, everybody must make ready for a toilet in your house. Yeah. But landlord, yeah. would you build a toilet? I'm ready, I'm ready. We have a place to bring the toilet. Even when the sister comes, if I give this one to her, the toilet will come now. If I come there, half of it, me to promise I will get profit on it. Then you see. So you are not going to sell it too. I'm not the toilet that we will be in the house. Here. Don't say you get profit. In this area, each household has at least five rooms, and each room is occupied by at least three individuals. Quickly, the team led by the Director of Environmental Health and Sanitation at the AMA, Florence Cucci, concluded that a majority of the households in the area did not have toilet facilities. So since you are living in a house, your landlord has rented a house for you and there's no toilet and you are living in we are giving your landlady a summons, a notice to provide a toilet for this house. In the absence of their own facilities, they resort to public toilets, but sometimes they ease themselves in open drains. In 2017, the AMA passed the Sanitation and Pollution Control Bylaw, which mandates every household to have at least one toilet facility or face legal action. The target had been exceeded. Since then, Florence Cucci says the rate had slowed down and it was becoming a worry to the Assembly. In 2020, it was increased to 64 percent. Then in 2021, it shot up to 89 percent. Then to interest you, for you to know that in 2022, it reduces from 89 percent to 77 percent. What happened? Is it that something is not working? Well, that's a story in Kolegono, and it was a story when I was growing up in Adabraka as well. Yeah, well, that's uh, the reality for many people in the capital and across the country. 
That's it for News Night tonight. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Happy International Women's Day, people. And guess who is taking up next? That woman, that powerful, strong woman with a lot of uh, verve and energy and her team of uh, strong and sassy ladies. Yes, anymore, anymore, though. What's uh... today? We're doing the next generation of strong and sassy. So, I'm yes. talking to university students. Ash. So, I'm really excited because it's like a whole different world. Oh, oh, yeah. How many years ago has it been since you finished uni? I think more than 20 years. It's been a long time. Been, yeah, 20 years. Yeah, and it's a whole it's different, different world. So, you know, we want to talk to them about how they feel about how the world is moving forward digitally. Mm, okay. So do they feel like, you know, that they, they can catch up, they can compete? They can catch up. Are they, I mean, what can we do but have the conversation? Yeah, you can't ask that question of these, you know, Gen Z generation. They, they've gone. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of the technicality, like, do okay. they have access to the robotics and the ah, AI? Okay, and okay, the, that's I what see, I mean. I see, I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about the TikTok uh, generation. Oh. The, <laughs> wait, that one, yeah, we can't. No, 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 we can't. Yeah. can't. Yeah. You know, we can't. So that's what we're doing. Okay, great. Um, and yeah. then they are already taking their seats. You they want to join are. them, the women of Ghana. The next the next generation of strong and sassy ladies have just taken their seats. Stay with them. She had the opportunity to go to Yale. And there was a young man who was wooing her at the time. And she decided that, okay, let me go and get married. But those are crossroads moments in our lives. Whatever decision you take in your life would influence your future. Painful thing you can do to yourself is to live a life of regrets. And you do nobody any favors if you do that. Pros and cons follow every decision that you take. But look on the bright side of things and always make the most of whatever opportunities that you have. Remember, it's okay not to be strong all this time. And it's all right to ask for help. You don't have to do it all on your own. Everything that you're learning is going to be useful someday. Trust the process because it will make it. If we're really honest, we're so afraid. We're often so afraid to do things, whether it's because somebody says we shouldn't, because we ourselves don't believe in ourselves, or because we actually just see that it's not going to, we're going to go into a path that might be dangerous for us. I think it was also said in the same breath that we have to take risks. And maybe a better word to use instead of saying take risks is to say just live your life. Because when we live governed by fear, we lose out on so much. Joy 99.7 FM. Homes. Businesses, communities, whatever the space, wherever the place, Azar is the paint. Azar paints are high quality, long lasting, and always give a great finish that will make your space shine. Etsy Brighton, Azar, still number one. From the Azar Group, 